Change can be hard to handle, and it's often inevitable as well. How each of us, our farms, our businesses respond to change can be the difference between success and failure. Hi, I'm Steve Ammerman. Welcome to New York Farm Bureau's News Bites podcast. Today, we're speaking with someone who's in the change business. Brett Scotto, the founder and CEO of Aimpoint Research, was the featured keynote speaker of New York Farm Bureau's December conference, focusing on the future of Northeast agriculture. He challenged everyone in attendance to think outside of the box and look at the big picture of our farms and our food system. Our customers are changing and demanding new things, and it will be those farms that step up to meet the new demands that will have the best outcome of success. We sat down with Brett after his speech to ask him what all of this will mean for our farmers. For starters, here's more about Aimpoint Research. So Aimpoint is a global strategic intelligence firm that I founded after I left the Army. And I wanted to continue to empower leaders with insights and thought that the integrated intelligence model that we used in the military could be impactful in the civilian world to tell leaders what's happening more completely around them, the dynamics that are impacting them, what's going to happen next, and then what to do about it. It's is very much the same model we used in the Army. We just apply it now to agriculture and food. And my team is made up largely of former military officers, as well as Aggies, farm kids that grew up to being farm economists and ag economists and analysts, as well as market research at group. So it's a great team that, that tries to serve the organizations. Your research shows, and it, it's obvious just by looking at the world today, that demographics are changing. It's becoming more diverse, more young people. And with the changing demographics come changing trends, desires, traditions, value systems. And is that is all of that what's really changing what agriculture is going to look like in the future? It's definitely a gravitational force, right? And it's the diversity that the younger generations will desire, will test conventional wisdom, right? We'll have to produce a more diverse commodity set with unique attributes. And as that cultural diversity that's represented each successive next generation becomes more culturally diverse, they're asking for different things. As is, as they become more aware of the, the role that it plays in their health, it's requiring consumers who maybe lived with certain chronic issues for years, now they're recognizing that that comes for what they're eating or not eating. Whether it's the macro demographic trends or simply the awareness of the role food plays in our quality of life. The only thing that's ahead is more interest in the food supply and more need for diversity of funds. And one of the key things that, that you drove home is that facts aren't the key driver in purchasing decisions anymore. It really is the value system, the transparency, really what consumers see that their, their friends are doing, what their, their expanded networks are doing, and Farmers really understand that that's going to be the driving factor here. Yeah, it's not convenience, right? We want to hit them with facts, but the, the truth is, is that the economy is driven by these shared value equations and free companies, retailers are trying to establish a trusted value-based relationship. In order to do that, they want to make certain claims that reassure consumers. And it's hard to find truths out there. It's hard to find facts and can, you can look up things on your phone and find really scholarly, the opposing views of different issues. And so at the end of the day, 
we all fall back to what our gut tells us. And that value system is built by the people around us and the things that we ultimately desire and so that plays out the system. So does agriculture need to create a new playbook and not just play defense? A hundred percent. Yeah, so the, the defensiveness that is predominant in agriculture is not useful because these macro trends are unstoppable. And we have a important, important role in how to serve those macro trends over time. Not only that, we're foundational to national security. And so we have a seat at this table. We don't have to be on the receiving end, but there's no metric that tells us that we should dig in and defend status quo. We're gonna have to transform just like every industry has had the truth. And it's actually a good thing. And what we find is that the farmers of the future are adapting faster. They're leaning into the changes rather than resisting it. And as an outcome of that, they're better positioned to serve in the future and be successful. So to a farmer hearing that, what does leaning into the change mean? So we, we have to, first of all, be traceable and transparent. We have to become more efficient and produce more with less. And we have to start to begin to think about different attributes that we could dial up or down that makes what we're growing on our farm more in line with what a consumer is asking for. But if you take nothing away, we have to be collaborative partners in the supply chain. And so we have to open our minds to conversations with processors and food companies, retailers, because we're part of the system. We're not just an input. And the sooner we start opening our mind and collaborating and building those relationships, I think they'll be a stronger industry first and foremost. And second of all, we'll tend to come along faster. Right now you have early adopters and then you have a whole line of farmers and ranchers that are kind of behind them. And there's this bifurcation, this stretching out of the farmer rancher universe where those that are earlier in the chain are, are becoming more successful and those that are behind the chain are under more financial pressure. And so it's gonna make it harder for them to survive. So there really is a benefit to progressing and transforming faster and being collaborative partners with us. And in, in the long run, those farmers will have more input into the food system, more power, be more financially successful. In every conversation, we are part of this sustainability task force that the National Council of Farmer Cooperative sat on Lone Blunt. And you know, one of the interesting findings was if you don't create your own platform for how we're sustainable or how we're doing things differently or how we're kind of congruent with what the consumers think, in the absence of us doing some of that advocacy thinking, it's going to be prescribed to us. And we don't really want to be on the receiving end because we're the ones that understand what needs to happen on the farm. And being here in New York and in the Northeast, does it set us up for some advantages that other regions in the country don't have? There's no question. I mean, the diversity of what you can grow here, the, the climate, the water, there are a lot of tremendous advantages for supplying a food system that is evolving to be more like what you do here in the Northeastern part. Now there's also urbanization pressure and the regulatory pressure, taxation, you got a lot of threats, but in general, you're better positioned to serve the future agri-food value chain than a lot of other parts. This was a major point of Brett's keynote speech. Other parts of the country, like California and Arizona, may be major food producers now, but farms in the Northeast will play an increasingly larger role in food production because of climate change and our access to natural resources. This is what Brett said from the conference stage. 13% of all our food comes from California. 
just like here, a diversity of food products and commodities coming out of it and under attack and becoming harder and harder to do business there. Now they have one massive disadvantage that you don't have. They're running out of water. And all of that production needs to go somewhere. Some of it's gonna go east, some of it's gonna go indoors, and some of it is them relying more on you. But I can tell you that if there's a country in the world that you wanna be part of when it comes to food, it's here. And if there's a region in the country that you wanna be part of, it's where you all live. Now you got some serious threats, but when you think about the diversity of the agricultural products that you all produce, it's exactly what the consumer is looking for. And you can even become more diverse than you are now because you have great growing seasons. You have great land, you have great water, but I understand you have other stuff and you also have great ports, I should say. You have tremendous access to the world and the markets that agricultural needs to access. You also have massive urban populations. And so when you just look at the Northeast region that I just had on the previous map, 57% of that population is within three urban centers. That's a massive market, which you all know, right? You have prime growing conditions. That consumer base, and oh, by the way, in that next-gen consumer research showed that a lot of the trends that I was identifying are being adopted faster in urban centers than they are in rural America. Not surprising. And how do we handle some of those big challenges, whether it's labor or the regulatory issues that, that we, we face here in New York State? Well, one, we have to unify our voices, which is real hard. I know New York Farm Bureau worked hard to do that. I think today was a big step forward because you brought a diversity of organizations and interests together to have hard conversations. So coming together collaboratively, having the tough conversations we need to have, and then unifying our voice. And sometimes that means building partnerships that may be uncomfortable, right? There are forces and, and organizations out there that traditional ag would not want anything to do with that may be useful. So we have to keep communicating. We got to do it in a more unified way. And we have to concede some ground on some of these things. Some of these things ag should be doing and it may be inconvenient economically, but for the longevity of the industry, you know, we got to move forward. So having a more progressive view and unified view and being more collaborative is a good start. Breaking away from the interview, Brett wrapped up his keynote on a very serious note. If we do not take care of our food system, we have much bigger problems to deal with. This is what he told the crowd. But I can tell you without any doubt at all, food security is foundational to national security and we have to protect it at all costs, period. It's what makes us different in the world. It's what makes us strong. Without it, we don't have the strength we need. Now, who would have thought that the richest, most powerful nation on the planet with the biggest and best military on the planet, with the strongest economy and the greatest technology, the most influential nation on the globe could be brought to its knees over toilet paper. But here we are fighting in front of Costco. The fabric of civil society is not as strong as you think. Think about how long it would take for your neighbors to get a little crazy if they couldn't get the food they needed, let alone the toilet paper, or if the grid went down or anything else for that matter. Strength isn't that far from instability sometimes. And when you look at food inflation, which you're all well-versed in, 
and you start to look at some data, this is from January of this year. We asked over a thousand consumers. We said, this is American consumers, right? Across this nation. We said at any point in the pandemic, were you uncertain if you could get the food you and your family needs? And 72% of Americans said, there were times where I wasn't sure. It doesn't have to be real. It only has to be perceived. And even our friends in Russia know that, which is why Vladimir Putin continues to play the food game because every society is only three meals away from chaos, even here in the most powerful nation on the planet. And so I return to where I began and I tell you that food security looks like this. National security looks like you, you're all part of it. And I appreciate that in the country, appreciates that in the world, appreciates that. But what you do is so critically important, we gotta fight. But we don't need to be defensive in that fight. We need to be offensive. We need to understand what we're being asked to do and we need to find ways to do it better and together. And like Sun Tzu, every good army officer studied the art of war. In chaos, there is great opportunity. And I assure you that there is tremendous opportunity in all the things that I just shared for agriculture in general, and certainly for Northeastern agriculture. You all are in the prime position. But the good news is, is all this only comes one day at a time, like Abraham Lincoln said. The future only comes one day. It's all unraveling. The direction is clear. Question you need to ask yourself, is what is gonna be your position and your role in all of it. Thank you for what you do. Thank you indeed. Brett made a lot of people think about the future, where they fit in, and challenged them to determine where they wanna be when it comes to meeting consumer demands. Every farmer and family will make the decisions that best suit their needs. But regardless, here in the Northeast, we definitely have advantages that will make some of those choices easier. Thanks for listening to today's News Bites podcast. Join us again in two weeks for a new edition. Until then, I'd like to thank Seth Moser Katz for producing News Bites. Until next time, like Brett said, thank a farmer for all that they do. 